Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news, and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined in the studio with Last Word on Spurs, Ricky Woo! Sachs and Lee McQueen. The crazy train is back, baby. We are here for the next 90 minutes and there is so much to talk about. Obviously, talking about Spurs progressing to that fourth round of the FA Cup, beating Middlesbrough in the replay this week. And obviously, there may have been a signing, Jose's first signing. Of course, we're going to get into that so much. Uh, positivity is the theme today. Positivity is the word that our very own Lee McQueen will be spreading. You can spread it too. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 70 20 558. This is the fan show and we want to hear from you this evening. And talking of that, there are many listener questions and we're going to be getting through all of those. We really appreciate you getting in touch with the last word on Spurs and at Love Sport Radio and there is still time to do so this evening. But talking about Middlesbrough and looking towards the early kickoff, it is Watford on the weekend. Spurs haven't won in three Premier League games. They will be looking to change that this weekend. Let's kick it off at the top, though. It was Middlesbrough. It was the FA Cup. Decent first half. Good first half. Not so decent second half. <laughs> if, if, if I think that's fair to say. As the boys laugh with me. I've, I've got away with that one. But all in all, a win's a win. You're through. Your name's in the next hat. You already knew your opponent. And and truly, that is is all that matters, Ricky. Yeah, of course. Listen, for us, I think as fans, there is maybe some realism that the top four is going to be a very hard... Stretch now, we're going to come on to that. Lee's done some fantastic research in terms of what we need to do to try and get into that top four. We're going to come on to that during the show. But I think, obviously, it's just important to get through to the next round. The FA Cup Spurs have got, obviously, quite a few games to come. I thought the first 45 minutes, I thought we looked really, really good under Jose. I've got to be honest with you, I thought that was the best 45 minutes of the season. Can't get too carried away because it's against the Middlesbrough side. They're in the championship. But I thought, once again, Jaffet Tanganga 
really stood out. You know, this guy going forward, really tenacious. I think he's going to be a real, real future player for us. I thought Lamella played well. I think the Chelsea also played well. And what I like to see with the two Argentinians is there's a wavelength between them. They know how each other play. And you could really see that in that first half. And I think second half, Boris, to be fair, came back into the game, made it harder for us and scored that late goal towards the end, which did... Give us a few nerves because obviously with Spurs conceding, you just hope it's only going to be the one and we can hold out the game, which we did do. But the most important thing, like you said, is getting into that next round of the FA Cup and we get the chance now to get revenge against the Southampton side that we owe them one. Mm, you certainly do owe them one, obviously, uh, losing to them on New Year's Day. But there are so many strands and stories from this game. We mentioned La Chelsea, we mentioned Lamella and obviously Tanganga. Obviously, Spurs fans getting very, very excited about him. I think every football fan, let's be fair, when we see a hot young academy prospect coming through, we do, we do get excited. But why not? It's nice to get carried away about a prospect, especially someone that plays on the flanks. And when you've had as much problems with Aurier and Danny Rose, look, let's let's get excited about Sessegnon and, and Tanganga. So we're going to. So uh, stick with us on this one but there's so many stories in Stransley obviously Ericsson getting jeered mm. before the game and, and I want to talk about and Jose spoke about this after he said a, a small worry at the minute is it's not that we're 1-0 up or 2-0 up it's just that we should be 3-0 4-0 5-up so if we do concede obviously no one wants to that we don't have that worry at the end of the game we're not killing teams off we're not For being sure. there's not that ruthlessness you know that utter clinicalness in just dispatching of sides Lee I think and, and uh, uh, hello uh, good evening yeah, hello. good evening <laughs> listeners um, look, I, think, I think you're right and I think the thing is, it's really easy to level that at Kane. Oh, if we had a marksman up front on the on the, against Middlesbrough, we'd have scored five. But that wasn't actually the case because we had some really good chances that we should have put uh, put away. We had some really good chances against Liverpool as well um, that we should have put away. And uh, I, I, I was here sitting in this uh, very studio last week saying that we need to set up like we did against Dortmund away for the Liverpool game. That's exactly what we did. Um, and uh, and we were set up to catch them on a break, get them in to make a, a mistake, which they did a few times, and uh, and, and for us to, to, to nick a goal or two. Um, and then the, the Middlesbrough performance in the first half completely different to that in terms of the feel and the way we attacked and the energy and enthusiasm and the 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 train as it were and that fantastic but second half we come out and it was a little bit a little bit more back to normal reserve, wasn't it? Reserve. a bit more reserved it was almost like oh we've done these now these are easy you know we're tuning up it's happy days when you know that ruthless streak there was there's teams I always go back to it's not even in football so forgive me fans but I always go to cricket when I talk about this because Australia through that that amazing cricket team that they had through the late 90s and the early uh, noughties was ruthless, absolutely ruthless. And they knew when they had you on the back foot, they would just rip through your your, your top order, your middle order. And and again, it's the same with Manchester United in their heyday as well. Yet You know, you went 1-0 down um, to Man United or J- Jose with his Chelsea team. You know, when you went 1-0, it's virtually game over. And I do think that that is a mentality thing. I do think that is a confidence thing as well. So over time that will come. It's not going to change in one game. I mean, you look at, I'm um, going back backwards here, but you look at Liverpool, even now in the present day, very, very difficult team mm. to, once you go one nil down to, to kind of get that confidence to come back from. So maybe it is a confidence thing, but we need to be tucking these chances away. And, and actually, I've done a lot of work on stats and whatever, and I, and I, I, sent, I sent some stuff out on social media this week of, uh, to prove that stats don't work. So I might, maybe I'll rip my blue book up <laughs> later on. But the, the point, I suppose the point I was going to make is we're creating some chances and having shots. So 14 shots that we had against Liverpool, but we only had four on target. 
that conversion is not good yeah. enough, like more than a three and one conversion. And then we had 16 shots against Middlesbrough, so great. But we only again had four on target. So again, that conversion isn't good enough. And come back to your point about that ruthlessness. That's the point. Now, if you're if you're a double figure, if you're having 16 attempts at goal, you need to be at least hitting a target eight or nine times out of I'd that. say yeah, 10. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's what I mean. Yeah, so yeah. You look at some of the other teams. If, you, if the, where Spurs are want to be, and the players uh, they've got. 50% at eight is not good enough uh, in, 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 a, in a harsh way. No, for sure. And, you know, and I wanted this, this um, uh, the, the show really tonight to be about kind of, you know, realistic, you know, I don't want to get on my crazy train stuff, but realistically and having a well, think about... Why we've only pulled in for you? I know, I know. <laughs> but ha- look, no, having a think about, you know, realistically, you know, let, let's look at it in numbers and the reality of the situation is basics test the goalkeeper. Yeah, just how course, basic yeah, yeah. is that? That's mm. what you. That's what you tell the, the, the kids on a you know on a Sunday afternoon or whatever. Just test the goalkeeper. And mm. We're just not doing that enough, Chaz. Uh, uh, Ricky, one of the themes mm. of this show is uh, I know you've all said it, but look, Spurs have to start fasting games. Yep. Uh, key that we get off, vital that we get off to a good start. We saw that in Middlesbrough, and then now the second half was a problem. It just feels like they can't put a, a sustained ninety minutes together at the minute. Yeah, I think that's a lot of questions that are coming through to us from the listeners in terms of why can we not seem to have a consistent night. I mean, it's performance and listen I think we're as fans we're a bit unsure ourselves you know weird, I'm sure Marine doesn't set up the team deliberately yeah, to, to tell them to start slow I think that was a great thing about that Borough game for me the way we started so fast we forced the goalkeeper into an error which saw Lachoso give us that early goal and I think if Spurs can start fast like that against a lot of teams they won't live with us I know it was only Middlesbrough I know it's only a championship side mm. but we have to try and approach these games like Lise's in their faces and it's about we it. say it's only a- like Middlesbrough they were on a four game winning streak yeah, in the championship but- before that then they've really surged yeah. under Woodgate and Robbie but King I do think it's about also putting this into Premier League now I think this yeah. is very much the key we're going to be playing against the Watford side we're going to come on to it Watford are a really good side about under Nigel Pearson new manager they've, bounce new manager bounce they've turned the corner and this is not going to be an easy game for Tottenham the weekend and what concerns me is from one game to another we're not too sure at the moment about the Tottenham side we're going to get mm. so mm. we need to try and find some consistency. I just, I just want to pick up on that point that you made there, Rick, about, you know, kind of starting fast and, you know, and, and putting pressure and making their goalkeeper or Middlesbrough's goalkeeper making mistakes. We did that against Liverpool. And I don't think we got enough credit for that. We did that against Liverpool. We forced their midfield and some Henderson of their especially. players into mistakes. And, you know, other teams do that, the high press. So when we, when we were on the game in terms of the high press, we got a lot of credit for, you know, nicking the ball. If if, if Lucas Moore can nick the ball in, in their final third or for them and then all of a sudden with the pace, that, and, and that's that tactically I think that's that works really well Liverpool do it really well Leicester this season have done it fantastically well Man City you know that high energy high whether or not it's high press or high energy or whatever whatever you you know the listeners want to determine the fact of the matter is we're not doing it enough and Spurs Tottenham Hotspur are best best when they're in a situation when they're they've got energy and setting up with with you know parking a bus or fifteen buses or Dortmund away or live whatever however you want to put it, that's not a problem because I actually think that's tactically well balanced compared to who you're playing. And all of us said that on this on this show last week. We sat in this very studio and we said, well, you know, if we if we get opened up by Liverpool, we're going to get absolutely battered. I think that was a general consensus. Mm. And I think tactically going into that game, we, tactically we got it right. We did create enough chances. We created four five quality chances against Liverpool where if you like you said Chaz if we were ruthless enough and put them away we, it could have come different we only we only created four or five quality chances against Middlesbrough yeah, so yeah. Put, mm. so put that into some sort I'm talking it from a positive point of view put that into some sort of context we need to be hitting eight or nine especially at home eight or nine shots or attempts at target mm. and you know that's whether or not that's with a 
Yeah, again, we, we face Liverpool and Middlesbrough, of course, without Harry Kane, who's the best number, arguably the best yeah. number nine in the world. So, you know, I think we need to put a bit of context around the whole the whole situation. And, and actually, when you look at some of them performances against Middlesbrough, there, there were some good individual performances. And actually, that's probably the best I've seen us against Liverpool defend as a unit. Uh, that's the key. In, in, yeah, in yeah. my opinion, like yeah. you know, that that's what I thought since Jose's been here. Well, I think Jose made a point in saying that that build up. In terms of that Liverpool game, he had a week to work with the players. I think you definitely saw that that there does seem to be a lot more structure, a lot more confidence in how we're defending. And the more time he gets on the training ground, the better we're going to be ultimately. Mm. Well, I want to talk about that game. And another thing I want to talk from that game, we mentioned the many stories from it. Obviously, Ericsson was jeered somewhat before the game actually oh, yeah. had kicked off and started. And we wanted to hear from you tonight. And that's what you've done. You can call us 0208 70 20 558. Well, Paul McKenzie uh, has called into the studio now. And Paul, I know you actually want to talk a, a little bit about Christian Eriksen and the whole atmosphere on the night. Yes, uh, th- thanks for having me on, boys. Uh, as always, I love the show and uh, oh, thank love you. listening Cheers, to it on, on the podcast when I do my run to school. Christian Eriksen. Now, I, you know, I've had a, the up with him for over a year because you know his form hasn't just disappeared uh, in the last few weeks. It's been long-standing. And uh, listen, I've been, you know, I'm in my forties. I've seen so much at Tottenham, you know, from David Kerr's Like we've seen some, you know, really poor players, and I've chaired every type of player at Tottenham. And I will tell you straight up, Christian Eriksen is the when he got substituted against Liverpool. It is the first time I have ever booed a Tottenham player mm. off the pitch. Yeah, I will totally admit that. Totally admit that. And the reason why, for the simple reason, is he didn't play for the badge and the club. You know, my season tickets cost me a grand and a half. It mm. cost me travel. I go to support a club and to support the players. All I ask, I, you know, of course I wanted to win, but I'll take it if you lose, I'll take it if you draw. Just play for the shirt. Just, Just play. play for the That's club. what you want, some, some effort, didn't you, Paul? I mean, it's, exactly. It's, 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 and, and it's quite clear, especially from the Champions League final onwards, he hasn't played for the club. His mind's gone, he's been elsewhere, and, I, you know, the only for the little bit of elbow room I'll give him is I can't understand why Poch to begin with and now Jose kept playing him they should have just said you're going nowhere near the club until for the first team we will get you a transfer for, you don't want to play for us you could go and secondly chaps can I just quickly say it's something I put on a Facebook group I normally sit in a Paxton but uh, I, for the Middlesbrough game I, I gave up my seat ticket and I wanted to sit in the South Stand and mm. I love the South Stand and it's great but can I just ask you guys a question? Do you think, and I'm being biased there because I support uh, Sabdori and I go to a lot of football matches in Italy, do you think we're missing a trick with the South Stand? And should we at least have a section where we have some f- uh, flag and yeah. banner and song action, constant song action? I know 1882 tried to get it going yeah. once upon a time, but I generally think we are missing a trick with the South Stand and we are not maximising it. And I'd love to hear your point of view on that, chat. Sure. Well, Paul, you know, we had Cat um, very early on in the year. I say very early on in the year with January, January, January 15th, 16th. But we had Cat, I think, over Christmas period say to us that we were or she was looking at the case of trying to see if there is a way of trying to make that atmosphere better. And, of course, the, the trust always there for you guys to fire your questions into. So I definitely would suggest trying to maybe get in touch with the trust. But I think, as a whole, we've got to try and make this stadium our fortress. You know, even in the build-up to that Borough game, when the lights go off um, and you're in the atmosphere... 
before kickoff. It is an intimidating place, I think. It should be for opposition fans. And, you know, we've got to try and make this place our fortress because Jose Mourinho is always known to have a very, very strong home record no matter where he's been. And for Spurs to have any success, you know, in the league domestically, we have to find a way of making the stadium a place that opposition fans and opposition supporters and in terms of clubs do not want to come here. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Can I just also say, could you, I mean, could you imagine if Celtic had that stand? Could you imagine what they'd be doing with that? Well, I think, Paul, um, uh, it's Liam, mate. I, um, I sit in that stand. So my yeah. season ticket is block 252. I'm row 48. So come right. and say hello if anyone wants to Easy, come and say hello. Easy, give you a bank date. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I, I've made that point a couple of times, actually. The first game of the home game, uh, the second home game of the season against Newcastle and got beaten 1-0. I thought the atmosphere was horrific. Um, and then subsequently, the atmospheres have been fantastic and sometimes have been a bit flat and does depend on, you know, lots of people have thrown stuff at me. So it depends on what's going on in the field, just that and the other. Cats uh, always amazing. She spoke brilliantly uh, a couple of weeks ago about about this very subject. Um, she talked that she's not a, a major f- fan, if you like, of flags and so on and so forth and kind of f- false atmospheres. But I, I think I, I'm slightly different to that. I think that the flags would make a huge difference. I do think that, you know, it brings in... I think we should be allowed to bring in what we want to uh, bring in if it's going to enhance the atmosphere. Like obviously, if it's you know if it's viable, um, yeah. and if that's flags, and if that's you know, the, the point I always make, and it's one of my screenshots actually uh, from from my mate Paul um, and Steph and Nick, my boys that sit the opposite end. When we when we went into that stadium for the Man City Champions League game, and it was to dare is to do, and it was white, and it was all uh, you know the whole the whole of the wall was lit up in white, and we all of us had to hold up the um, uh, you know the the plastic to make uh, the sure. you know it looked incredible. I mean the the before the Ajax game semi final the atmosphere you couldn't even hear the Champions League music. How do we create that all of the time? These early kickoffs make a difference. The under the lights makes a difference. A three o'clock kick on a Saturday, which we seldom have anymore. The, the atmospheres are different in them sorts of ways. So it's not just what's on the pitch. We've got a world class facility. I'm Absolutely. not saying that they should be. I'm not saying they should be like you know blasting music out on the speakers every time we score a goal. I'm not. I'm not in for that either. But but actually having some sort of. You know what? You know the atmosphere in the last day of the lane when all them flags were around was Absolutely. just ridiculous. I mean, it was like, a lump to my throat. You know that stand, those fans. We need to find for a way, sure. Paul, like you say, mm-hmm. of trying to make this place a fortress. We have to. And just, I know we've got to go to a break, Chaz. I'm really sorry, but just on your first point, Paul. Uh, you know, you want to hear our views, so you know, you echo what I say, Christian Eriksen. Uh, he's a, he, he could have been an utter legend for this club, and Absolutely. I and I love what he's done for six and a bit years. But for the last twelve months, he shouldn't be nowhere near the first team. Only because, not because of bad form, just making it absolutely clear, not because of bad form, because he decided that he didn't want to play for the club. Now, if he'd signed a new contract like Toby has. I would be playing him every week and planning for his bad form because bad form is temporary and class is permanent and he is a class player. But when you come out and say, do you know what, love? Uh, uh, do you know what, fella? Do you know what? I don't want to be with you anymore in any type of relationship. It's game over. So yeah, do absolutely. not come near my club. Yeah, strong words. Paul, really glad you called in tonight. Really good to have a chat with you and, and obviously Lee echoing what you're saying about Ericsson there. But do, what do you make of it? Let us uh, let us know by tweeting us at Love Sport Radio or calling us 0208 7020 Love Sport. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. Joining the studio with a last word on Spurs, Ricky Sachs and Lee McQueen. Distracted by Lee McQueen, he's taking a photo I'm as selfing, we are baby. live I'm on it. He's taking a selfie. 
There you go. Love it's done, it. done and dusted. Brilliant call there from Paul McKenzie calling. I think one of the first time callers. So much to say though, and he made some really interesting, insightful points. Obviously about the atmosphere at Spurs in a minute. How can we sustain that? Mm. Obviously a big talking point of what Paul had to say though was Christian Eriksen. Let's get on to that because there was years before. I know we've mentioned it, contract rebels, but he was subject this week. It went kind of went viral, Ricky. And I want to ask you this: that mm. he's agreed terms with Inter Milan, and now Inter Milan have bid ten million. Spurs want well, twenty you know million. What? I just wonder some of these reports, and you know me, I, I love a transfer. No, but, I mean, you, 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 you well, don't. Well, Rick, but talk the, to me. the thing, what, the, never thing about, the thing about Ericsson is, I mean, is he really that deep into negotiations where he's still playing? Uh, in terms of he's happy to still play, and I, I, I just wonder about that. You know where his head is at. But I think again, just to pick up on the point. In terms of Pochettino and Mourinho, the reason why Ericsson is playing is due to the fact at the moment that both of those coaches don't trust the other midfielders they've got or they're not do, open to do, them. Do you that, think that's they're in his contract? No, not at all. Not at all, no, no. I, know, I think I it is you're... genuinely down to the options they've got around and they've decided that Ericsson, for them, mm. still fits into their plans, whether it's off the bench or Paul, it's playing. Paul just made a really good point, and the reason why he booed for the first time in, you know, 20 or 30 years, years of watching mm. Spurs is because he didn't play for the badge and he couldn't be bothered. See, how, how can a player who, who seemingly couldn't be bothered, and he, and he had a shocking game, even Marino said, mm. he had a shocking yeah, game did. against Liverpool. Yeah. We're, playing, we're playing the champions-elect, the world champions, the European champions. We're on the back foot, and we're basically playing with 10 men and, and hang on one, one second in terms of effort always asking for a bit of effort and what and what, what not how can we not have somebody on the bench or in the squad like an Oliver yeah, Skip that's better that. than that of course we have I, I think I, I, it's got to be a contractual issue both of them keep playing I, I, I don't think it is I think Jose thinks I'm here to get results and if he's yeah, my exactly. best option this, this, this no one's exactly going to care in six months if, if, yeah. if he does you know wins but a couple of Spurs best, in his opinion yeah, but how though how well, well, we, can't, we can't forget Ericsson's ability I mean I, know I think, maybe I think that's very key. That when you look at this last six and a half years, the, the seasons he's been with us, mm. I wonder what fans' perception will be long term of Ericsson. Will they feel he's been a bit of a mercenary? And he's the way he's the legacy in, in, well, in some. I, 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 I don't think I, he's a mercenary. I just think but, I just mm. think that when you look on current form, and like I just said to Paul, and, and you know, and I said to the listeners as well, mm. if I would be playing Ericsson because of the Jose and the and the Pochic race, like you just said, mm. you know, he's got quality, but he's not committed to the football club, so he's. But then Norris, but let's be honest about it. Norris, Norris, for tongue at the moment. Norris, for tongue at the moment. affair. It's like you're you're letting your wife or your husband or your partner come home and go. You alright? Did you have a nice time with the fellow or the the the, the girl? <laughs> Do you know I, mean? I just can't get my head around it. This is ridiculous. He's talking to other clubs. He's got no interest in staying at Spurs. How are you getting in the first? Quality player, love the guy. Sign a contract, play him every week. But but why? Well, again, I, I bring I'm, it back. To, for me, for I bring once, it back to the point ridiculous. where Chaz, I completely agree with you. At the moment, Reno doesn't trust the options that are an alternative to him, and mm. whether that's right or wrong, well, he is the head coach. In, in a weird way, in in Lee's analogy, if we look at it like mm. that, I understand what Lee's saying, and I agree with you. He can't be playing if he's if he's playing away from home and having his exactly, fun elsewhere. Exactly. But it doesn't change the attractiveness and the qualities of that person. Still, do you know what I mean? Well, and, Cake Jose goes, I mean, what, what, he, mm, what he still brings stronger, it's stronger. our strongest chance so there's no, a lot I of talk this week with Ericsson I have to just quickly mm, add that with mm. Ericsson he also apparently feels very deeply frustrated and is sad by just how much the relationship has deteriorated with him and the Spurs supporters because let's be honest in an ideal world let's be very clear here he wanted to go in the summer he came out and said I wanted to go now also do you put it towards the board that they should have been the ones that should have brokered the deal for Ericsson and not allowed him to still be at the football club yeah. because whilst there's a lot of criticism towards Maybe. Christian Ericsson let's not forget about it here even now we're still in this January window Spurs are probably asking a fee 
that is a bit outlandish to apply that's for, due to be leaving well, well, in the next couple of months. Can I ask about this? Because, again, sorry, Lee, I know you wanted to come in. I, we, we don't know how much of this is true, but for a player that does have six months left, and if they can recoup 10 million, why are they asking for 20? Get the because, 10, move them up. Because we know, yeah, we're not how, 20. But we know how Tottenham Hotspur's board operate, and we've been very clear on these shows that they will try and get the maximum for a player they're trying or to sell nothing, no, or, or, the, or the minimum for a player they're trying to buy. That is the way our board act. That, and we know yeah, that for a fact. Sorry, it, it seems bonkers to me. It is a bonkers situation. I, I mean, I, I think you have to put two sides in it though, Lee. You know, we, we put a lot towards the player, but also the board, I think, have to take a lot of responsibility for not moving him on. The uh, same way in the summer you said we had to move players on. For, for sure. I, I agree with that. I mean, I think that's been a massive, massive issue with moving players on from, from this current board. Um, I'm very not critical against the board for, for, for a lot of things that they do you know they've they, you can't tell me they haven't invested in the club with the stadium and all that sort of stuff of course they have they just haven't got the recruitment training part. facilities well, exactly they just, they just haven't got the recruitment bit quite right um, the important part and, 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 and actually moving moving players out has been an issue but having said that brings some different balance to it who wanted Christian Eriksen in the summer who came in for... Honestly, on your heart, mm. on your heart, could you tell me, generally, you think that Inter Milan is a step up from Tottenham Hotspur? It's not that. I just don't think a player comes I, out in the he, summer he and says He didn't want about, to go to Inter Milan. He but, didn't want to go there. Possibly, he wanted to go Real Madrid. Again, maybe Spurs were asking too high a price with one year. If they want 20 million with six this, this months is it, left, Chester. maybe they wanted 35 yeah. with one year. And, well, I think and, they wanted and the, 40 listen, or 50, Well, this they, is it. And clubs have gone, with one year left, we can sign him no on a free in January. No one coming for Toby. No one coming for Toby let's be very clear on Ericsson. 25 million release calls. No one coming for him. I think just to be very clear on the Ericsson saga just just so we make it very clear in the summer Christian Ericsson has been tipped off to be told look come out and say I want to leave the football club For because sure. automatically the minute you do that and go public there's more of a greater chance as we've seen in the history of transfers you're going to get your move but Spurs' board are very very, very strong in terms of the price they want for Christian Ericsson and even in this window it seems that they will risk themselves down to the, probably the very last day to try and still get a high fee for Christian Eriksen yeah, uh, and risk him going on a free. Uh, let me give you another example, though, just quickly while we're talking about it. It's very interesting, right? So he's on reportedly 80 grand a week. Uh, reportedly, he's been offering, uh, been offered at Inter 150, maybe 160, so double his wages, right? Reportedly. And again, reportedly or allegedly, he, we've put a contract offer on the table underneath uh, when Poch was still with the club for 200 grand a week. So, so we've offered him more money and he still said, no, I, I want a new challenge, I want a fresh challenge. He, he could have signed a new contract and then got and got a dream move somewhere else and, and, and granted you wouldn't have got a big signing on bonus so I'd get with that Bruno Fernandes who's been talked about as a potential replacement and maybe he's going to United now he was he was coming potentially last year he it. signed a new contract and yet, yet he's still going to leave yep. so six months after signing a new contract he's still fancying mm. himself I think this, is very, Bru- this is very popular now isn't yes. it this, this Bruno Fernandes he, he's known to be a player that's quite he's a lot more emotionally <laughs> emotional in the way he expresses himself mm. in Ericsson. He's a player that is known in the dressing room to cause a massive fuss. And I think with Ericsson, the, the kind of character Ericsson is, I don't think he's a guy that is a disruptive influence in the dressing room. I don't see as that character, but, but Bruno but Fernandes is a lot happened, different. Isn't it, in our dressing room? Bruno Fernandes is a lot different. Bruno Fernandes is a lot different to Christian Ericsson. He in that dressing room is a leader, he's a vocalist to the point where they gave him that new contract to try and emotionally calm the guy down. Christian Ericsson, for me, he wants to move. 
and he came out of statement to ask for a move. But if he gets it, we'll have to wait and see. Let's quickly talk on that because obviously you're saying he's not a you know a bad apple in the dressing room. Can he become one? Because we're seeing now fans very slowly are starting to turn. He got jeered before mm. the Middlesbrough game, and it's what Lee mentioned. We don't want the whole legacy really of Ericsson to change because it could change. And from a player that doesn't want in, he wanted out. He publicly said that he hasn't signed. We've got mm. the intermess at the minute. He's starting games whether Spurs are winning or not. If he does stay, we've got six months more of this. It's only going to get worse. It's well, not going to get better. And, and this ruins fans' identity and view of him, doesn't it? funny, Chaz. Even with mm. Ericsson, to this point, has he refused to play? No. Is he still playing games? I don't yes. think that's because enough, Ricky. It's funny, you say, but I'm just, I'm just giving the argument that when some fans obviously are, 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 are quite against a player Vocal. we've had players that we still see as you know we can, we bring them back to the lane and we cheer their name from the rafters yep. Berbatov refused to train Robbie Keane refused to train he wanted to go to Liverpool Gareth Bale towards the end apparently also refused to train but yet, Christian Eriksen at the moment is getting booed. And I, current, and, and I understand. Let me make this clear. I totally understand why Christian Eriksen, at the moment, fans are completely against him. And I, I'm also, I also feel that his form has personally dropped off 100% over these last 12 months. I've been very clear on that. And I've been disappointed the way it's gone for Christian Eriksen because I think he has tarnished his legacy to some degree. But there's more than just one side to a story. The player has always clearly said, and for him, he's got a plan in terms of what he wants to do. His career was never going to finish at Tottenham. It was never going to finish at Spurs. He always well, wanted to have just, in his mind the whole, the the whole thing's change. been been handled poorly because Christian Eriksen should be leaving Tottenham Hotspur with a massive thank you, a big hug, mm. and a thanks ever so much for seven years of of, of service. That's what well, he should be doing. Well, and yet, yet we're in this situation now where we're even talking about him. You know, and again, just to be to be absolutely crystal clear, it's nothing against Christian Eriksen. I just think any player, even if it's Harry Kane, if they're not committed to the football club, they shouldn't be playing until they are. So that's my point on the whole contract rebel thing. But but the point being is that we've offered him a contract. He said no, he wants a new challenge. Okay, no problem at all. Thanks ever so much for your time. Big hug, move on. But we didn't do that, did we? We kept him, we kept him, we kept him. And now Same we're in that situation. Mm. When is... still at the club, Danny Rose comes out and exactly. slates us in the press and he's still at the football club. It's like, it's mental. But this is the problem. You know, now it's seemingly he may not get that hug at the end of time and everyone wants to be hugged now and again. I'm just really worried for Ericsson. <laughs> but have your say tonight. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio. Call us 0208 70 20 558. We made you a promise. This is going to be a positive show and it is because next we're going to be talking about Tanganga. Love Sports. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. Join in the studio with a last word on Spurs. Ricky Sachs and Lee McQueen. And more importantly, this is your fan show. We want to hear from you this evening. You can tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 7020 558. So many questions, so many tweets. We really appreciate that. We've already just quickly had one into the studio. This one uh, from hashtag stack or hashtag Stace because it's at Stacey yes, 1882. Oh, yeah, Stace. Stace. Hello, uh, it says Lee McQueen and Ricky up the park lane on Tuesday. Such a shame though we're talking about Ericsson. He should have left two seasons ago and we'd have been talking about him on a high. It's a really interesting one. Many of your questions that you tweeted in and we do appreciate him were on Ericsson. We've covered quite a bit so maybe we'll skip those but I will get to your questions at some point in the show but I wanted to talk about is a real positive obviously of the game against Middlesbrough. Mr. Man of the Match, Mr. Where's He Been? Jaffet Tanganga. Oh. Absolutely unbelievable and I think we're allowed uh, a little bit to get excited because because this season hasn't gone quite to plan, not not what everyone hopes for. But when you get little, uh, you know, a, a bottle of electricity like this, bottle of lightning, you know, it's something to look forward to, isn't it, Ricky? Yeah, I mean, this guy, to be fair, I mean, even 91st minute, blistering pace we saw against Borough. I, listen, I know it's early days, I know it's only 180 minutes under Jose Mourinho, but we've got a really, really good player here. And I know there's been reported, 
you know that we've triggered this one-year contract extension. I think Spurs now need to really focus on trying to get him down to a, a long-term contract. I think this guy has got a bundle of ability. He's already spoken this week about retiring at the club. My God, I know it's early days, but from what we've seen of him, very, very confident in the air, composure with the ball, pacey, as I've said. I think this guy's got the world at his feet, and I think he's under one of the best managers in the world to learn so much more. Yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the questions in was from Eric Blakeney uh, saying, does Tanganga's presence mean we actually don't need a new uh, centre-back till at least the summer, if at all? I say we, uh, we, we do need one. Then that's from Eric. OK, that's interesting, Eric. I disagree. I, I don't think we do. Um, I think that when you look at Toby Alderweireld signing a new contract, you play him in a three, it's Toby in the middle with Sanchez and Tanganga either side. You've still got the option to Jan Vertonghen as well, who, um, you know, contract report at the moment. But, but ultimately, he, um, uh, you know, hopefully he'll he get offered a new contract. You've obviously got Juan Foyt as well. I actually think that Jose will play Tanganga as a right back. I think he might be our new Ivanovic. Um, <laughs> and when you look at an Ivanovic, he wasn't originally a right back. For I Jose. did say that at the start, didn't I? You yeah. know, because you've had problems on the flanks. I believe he could move over. Yeah, I he, really do. You, you look with that pace. What, you look. I know it's Middlesbrough and it's a different side, but they were they were you know a strong side as you say. And you know, 91st minute, you know, whizzing up the right hand side, doing what he did. He put a great ball in again, not ruthless enough for the for the for the strikers to to finish. Um, I, I think he could be deployed as a right back. I, I would be. I, I echo to uh, our very own Jay said um, uh, in the week. I I would have him in a Tottenham shirt every single game now as a development for for next season um, because he's got some ability for sure. That that kid and and you talked about a new contract or whatever. He's been at Tottenham since he was ten years old. He's absolutely in the fabric of Tottenham Hotspur. Mm, yeah. Clearly hashtag one of our own. And there's nothing better. And um, we've seen it with Winksy. Unfortunately with KWP. Maybe not not worked out so well. We've seen it with Skip. Definitely seen it with with the likes of obviously Kane. It, there's nothing better than seeing one of your own performing that way. Well, that, well, that's really interesting because we've had another question, and uh, this time uh, this one from at Outdoor RC saying, uh, "Guys, really enjoying the show, but Winks and Dyer showing that they can't even run the midfield against a mid-table Championship club now shows me we need to get a decent DM this window who would fit the well, bill." You mentioned be, about could Winks. Be Tanganga. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean, but you, you just you, around, you but... just spoke about Winks then and saying yeah, yeah. players that have come through the academy. It seems like. Like to me, Ricky, tell me if I'm wrong, that the jury's out on Winks a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's unfair. I, I, for me, I've always been of the mindset since Mourinho got the job, I've been unsure whether Winks is a Mourinho type player. And I know Eric Dyer's getting a lot of pedals as well. Both of them, if I'm being honest with you, for me, they're not good enough to partner Tungu Ndumbele long term. I think Spurs, despite all the money they went and spent on Ndumbele, they're going to need to get a midfield partner for him. I think this window is typically tricky. January is always a window where it's a panic buying window. Outstanding against Liverpool. He basically ran that whole midfield on his own because Ericsson didn't even turn up. And you know, I think he gets. I think he gets. He's not getting enough love. I like Winks. Well, I don't know if Winks is good enough long term. It's more of a case for me. I don't know if he fits into what Mourinho wants Tottenham to be. It, it, take that out of it. If I'm mm. looking at it from a Mourinho piece, I'm not too sure if Mourinho sees him as a long-term partner to Ndombele. Yeah, but let's not worry about what we think Mourinho might or might not do. Let's worry about what you would do. Uh, so if for me, you for, were Mourinho, for me, you wouldn't pick Winks. For me, I think... Nobody puts Ricky in the corner. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, for me personally, I like Winks, but I don't know if he's good enough for where Tottenham mm. want to go and become. It's a really interesting debate. What do you uh, What do you think have your say this evening? And of course, now it is time for Adrian's Corner, a regular on the show. Adrian, I know you want to talk about Tanganga and a little bit about the new man, Fernandez. But let's start with Tanganga. What, what, what do you make of it? 
Well, I mean, good evening, guys. Evening, uh, Andrew, mate. The difference one player can make to a team is given Marino so many options now, whether you're playing three at the back with the two pacey centre-backs and Yan in the middle or, or Toby. Plus, he can play right back and left back. Mm. You know, so I, I actually thought La Celso was man of the match against Middlesbrough. I ain't knocking Tanganga for his performances. They've been excellent. And uh, so have Lamellas when they've come on. And yeah, the sure. reason Ericsson's been in the team is not because... Because we didn't have a player to do, to play the Ericsson role because Marino didn't fit, think that at that time Lamella and Lachelso were 90-minute match fit. I yeah. mean, Lachelso looked knackered when he came off, but he put in his shift, didn't he? You know what I mean? So, I mean, things are starting to look back better now, aren't they? More positive. And Davis will be back, Loris will be back and all and that. And Dembele hopefully coming back as well in that central yeah, midfield yeah. part. Well, this we... is another thing I want to talk about. Yeah, also, I mentioned please. Gates and Fernandes because I'm sure there'll be other incomings. And unless unless Marino decides to play a four 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 three three at any time, I don't see Winks Dyer, you know, getting in the team when Sissoko's fit, Gedson Fernandez are there, and Dembele's fit, you know, Lachelso, you know, that who's going who's going if you play a four two three one, you won't get that. But <clears throat> a little bit on uh, Gedson, his best position is a number eight box to box midfielder. Yep. Played at all levels for Portugal, and he's played as a number ten for Portugal. But get this, guys. He's also played as a right back. Oh, here he <laughs> yeah. is. Come on, Jensen, get involved. <laughs> Look, I, I think that you know he he is a is a, a player that that Mourinho obviously likes. That that versatility, Adrian, that you've just talked about, I think will suit that that Mourinho type situation. I think for me. I have never seen him play, so I can't really comment. You guys have got more knowledge on him than I have. All I would say is he seems to me like he's come in as a replacement, not directly for a Sissoko, but actually that's the type of role he's going to play on the right side of maybe a midfield three. I mean, how did Jose always set up when he was at Chelsea, when he was at uh, Man United, when he was at Madrid? Did He He never played 4 2 3 ones. That's a legacy for Spurs, isn't it? So For, for Potts. So yep. Do you think he might change that formation and play a 4 3 3, Adrian? Uh, yeah, I, I, I think you. I think it might be his favourite position, but it, I think I think it's horses for courses, all depending tactics for certain matches. Yeah, that's you know, so, so interesting. So like, you said that. I, I, I think he'll vary a bit. I mean, you've got you, you've got so many options. If he plays Sesson as a winger, you've got Lamera as a left winger as well. On the right, you've got Son and, and what's name. Unfortunately, you've only got Kane. What we don't need to do is get a backup striker in. The club should have learned, shouldn't they, on that? Because the last three seasons, twice at Christmas, it might be three, injured. you can correct me. Yeah. When we've got to the Christmas period, for some reason, other Kane's got injured. 100%. And we don't want a backup striker. We want a 24-year-old we can give a four- or five-year contract. We should have learnt this lesson by now. Agreed. I totally agree. Adrian, just out of interest, you reckon there'll be more signings for you, obviously? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Tell me the areas it's that the you think... Coming in, coming in. Tell me who's coming in. Do you remember... Uh, Inter Milan beat us 2-1 and they scored that late goal when we played very well during that game and threw the game away, away in the Champions League. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. And the guy that scored, six foot two, Matthias Ficino, that plays for Milan. But it might be mentioned in a swap for Ericsson. He's a good short passer. He'd be a good... We still need this defensive midfielder, you know. I mean, exactly. Gedson Fernandes yeah. will give us much needed energy in the middle, but we still need a defensive midfielder and he could do a job. He could do mm. a job. Another player we've been linked with, I looked at, I don't know if you watch a video of him, uh, Willian Cyprian, 
for Nice, about twenty million. Go and have a look at the videos of him. He looks quality. Yeah, you know obviously we know we know about videos in YouTube. YouTube Listen, we look at carried away. I think for Spurs <laughs> at the moment, what I've always been keen on. I know Lee is also very keen on this. Is try and buy players that have played in the Premier League that are proven because Jetson. I mean, listen. What concerns me a little bit about this transfer is that he's coming to a new league. It's mid-season. We need someone for right now. I know we're probably going to come after the break in terms of how quickly can he adapt to the Premier League and to the way Mourinho wants Tottenham to play. Well, I think he'll adapt because he's a box-to-box. I don't think he'll have too much trouble adapting. But like you're right in what you say. I think you either give him a second half or the last half hour when the opposing team's legs are a bit tired, you know, and introduce him that way. And then, like... You know, I think he'll he'll benefit from that. I don't think he's the sort of player that's going to struggle to adapt to the Premier League, though. Yeah, Adrian, we really appreciate you calling uh, a tradition on this. So, Adrian's corner there, just talking a little bit about Tanganga and obviously Fernandez that Spurs signed uh, in this window. We're going to be talking about him, giving him a section, that's for sure. But just quickly, one more question before we do go to that break. This one from at T31 saying... Uh, I wanted to bring this question up, actually, because, Lee, you just spoke about it there. But the question is, what is the plan with our academy? Dyer, he seems that he can only warm a seat. Harry Winks is not bold enough. Lamella is uh, is just the style that we don't need. We are not clinical enough. This game should have been 7-0. Tells me a lot. I don't, about the academy. I don't want to see whether the academy brings any relevance to that. With Lamella, I think, contrary to that, I think Lamella is exactly the style Mourinho wants in a player. I think he likes that nasty edge. He was I brilliant. Think... It's just not cons- we don't see this consistently well, from Lamella, do we? The problem with Lamella is that you know, he looks great for seven or eight games, then he gets injured. And I, I think with Mourinho, that we've seen it, and Lee's mentioned his name, Diego Costa, for example, he likes a nasty little player. And that's mm. exactly what Eric Lamella is. He's a bit of a bulldog terrier. Mm. And I, I think he actually has got a role in Jose Mourinho's squad. I won't say first 11 because I think there's better players out there that make our first 11 up. But I think squad-wise, I think Lamella will be a part of his squad going forward. Absolutely. Well, we're going to talk about Fernandez next. And there's been some more WhatsApp. So keep them coming in because we will get to them and we will read them out. But the new man is getting spoken about next. Love Sports. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show and Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joining the studio with a last word on Spurs. Ricky Sachs and Lee McQueen. Such a fun show tonight. We're covering everything where Spurs are concerned and there is always time for you to have your say. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 70 20 558. We've had a WhatsApp into the studio, this time all the way from Australia. We really appreciate it. It says, morning, boys. It's not morning, morning. Dan. It's nearly, morning, morning. <laughs> morning, <laughs> 10 to 8. Uh, it says, uh, Dan here and I'm listening live from Australia thank you so much to Ricky and the boys for the show have to say I agree with Ricky I love Harry Winks we need to get the most out of him and we need to get the most out of Ndombele he, he, he needs to be partnered with a with a uh, an Essien style of player someone who covers yeah, yeah. a lot of ground protects that midfield and back four and then we need to give Ndombele more freedom on the pitch as well he has the skills let's use him properly what do you think lads? I think he's spot on I, mean, I also think the, the Jetson transfer that we're going to be discussing now say transfer it's more of a loan deal for a 18 months this guy is renowned for being a powerful dribbler he's got exceptional close control of the ball mm. you know he is essentially a ball carrier box to box and I think that's what Tottenham need at the moment you look at his style of play and what we have to bear in mind is that he still hasn't quite worked out for him when he was at Benfica you know there was a change of coach there to be honest with you it didn't really work out well for him how quickly can he adapt that, that's the question how you know quick in terms of Mourinho's system which I was saying before the break because he's coming into a league that is very unforgiving. You don't get a lot of time you're on the ball. And when you've got the ball, you've got to make a difference with it. So with Sissoko being out, it's a great opportunity for this guy to have a few games mm. on a run. Mm. I think he will do now. I think he will get a, hopefully a regular run of games under Jose. Because I think Adrian was saying about, you know, letting him in that first half or second half. I think this guy needs a regular run of games to kind of get used to the league because we need to hit the ground running fastly. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah, I think that that's always been my big, biggest concern with um, our most recent transfers has been that uh, other than kind of Sessignon, because mm. he's played in and around the league, I know he got relegated with Fulham, but you know he, he played a, a season in the Premier League and obviously been brilliant in the Championship. And we're signing players that that haven't got that Premier League ex- experience, and therefore they need some time to bed in. And it's not necessarily the just the Premier League. I mean, look at Dele Alli come from League One, and he was amazing in his first, absolutely fantastic. I love the I love the guy now. I think he's a, a superb footballer. Um, but it's it's not just the the English uh, leagues it would being different. It's the culture. It's the environment. It's, it's everything. Right. These, these lads are young. Like, mm. what was you doing when you were nineteen? By the way, what was you doing when you were eighteen, nineteen That's years old? That's not broadcastable from here, is it? <laughs> well, no, but we're not at nine o'clock. No, right, yeah, yeah. The point being is, you, you you know, a lot of us were wet behind the ears. And, you know, these guys got a lot of responsibility on their shoulders. They come from another country. They speak in a different language. They got to learn all that. I'm talking about Lacelso, for example. Yeah, yeah, he's twenty two yeah. years old, whatever. But you know, they're young men. And you know, there's a lot of responsibility on their shoulders to come in and do that, and you know, they need to be nurtured and looked after in, in that in that particular way. And then you've got people like Tenganga that we've talked about previously, is coming, but he, he knows the club, the fabric of the club. He knows exactly where it is. He's been given um, uh, nurtured and coached all the way through. Of course, he's going to be able to step into that because he's, he's comfortable in that environment. We don't know if Jason Fernandez is going to be able to step in. Hopefully, he will. And I obviously wish him all the best. I'll be I'll be first to be singing his name in the south. Um, uh, you know, uh, as soon as he's doing well, but he's got to be able to try and hit, hit the ground running. That's very difficult. Well, we've had another WhatsApp into the studio, uh, this time from Alex in Cyprus saying, Ndombele would be perfect alongside the new man, Fernandez. For me, Winksy has become a bit of a Vinny sideways. That's from Alex in Cyprus. Yeah, listen, again with Winks, you know, I know Lee's a massive fan of him. As I said earlier, for me, I just do not know whether he will fit into a Jose Mourinho side. I, mm. I like Winks. I'm not sure. I say this again. I just don't know if he's going to be good enough for where Tottenham want to be in terms of trying to change for a Premier League and go for the Champions League. I mean, I just think it's having some somebody alongside of him, whether or not he's in the two. Like we we just talked about um, the centre backs with having maybe Toby in the middle with two paces, Sanchez and Tanganga either side of him in a three. Mm-hmm. If we put three in midfield, does that change the dynamic? You know, having a Winksy in there running up. He he's playing at the moment. Pochino had him at the base of a diamond. I don't think he's a diamond, base of a diamond type player. I think he's more of a number eight. He wears the number eight. He's a box to box. He's not ever getting forward enough. I, I think it's a bit unfair to say that he's a Vinny sideways. I think that actually, when you look at that Middlesbrough game, you look at the Liverpool game in the last 15 minutes or so, when he could get further up the pitch, that's exactly what he was doing. And he was always looking for a forward pass. I, I think there's a, there's a misconception with Winks. And I. I, I you know, I think if, if Harry Winks' name was saying slightly different and we bought him for 50 million from, you know, from a Spanish the, the continent, mm. we, I, I think we'd be looking at him slightly differently. I think that he keeps the ball. He's got himself into the England squad off the back of keeping the ball and, and making things happen. I just think the midfield in itself at Tottenham right now is the biggest issue that we have. Not Harry Winks. It's it's a collective. And actually, if you put some two people around, wrap some, a couple of people around him, and Dombele ain't had enough time with Winks in a two. They ain't played... I, I, somebody give me the stats, but they ain't played. They, might, they couldn't have played three games together. Well, you're mentioning about you know maybe Harry Winks not being a Marino style player won't fit into that system. We've had a question from Kevin Hill, and it's kind of on that. He's saying, are we starting to see Mourinho's influence now? For me, the kind of players he wants, the formation he wants. Liverpool and Borough games seem to feature far fewer mistakes from the team, and they seem like a more co- cohesive side. The team just seem more focused, and now we've passed that uh, new manager bounce wave. I think also as a case that he's had a more, more 
more time on the training ground with him. He's spoken yeah. heavily for him that whilst he wants to see you know, maybe some additions, for him he's been very key that he's saying that the work they do on the training ground is so important into how they want to progress long term. And I think the more time we have on that training ground, the better we're going to see Spurs become. Because I think definitely, Lee, you brought it up earlier, we looked a lot more tighter and a lot more organised as a defence against Liverpool. We only conceded the one goal. And you, the way we played, I thought was... I, I understand why somehow I felt it was defensive, but I thought it was needed for that particular game. Yeah, and I think, Lee, sorry, I want to bring you in. You, you made a good point before we, we was on air saying that, you know, let's be honest, let's be real. Last week, everyone's going, oh, Liverpool going to tear Tottenham apart. Didn't happen. No, it didn't happen. And, and the re, you know, they, they create, I think they had 14, 15 shots at uh, attempts. They had seven on target, granted. Gazaniga could have been, you know, the swings and roundabouts, Gazaniga, you know, VDV heads it straight at him. You know, was it a, was it an easy save? Was it a difficult save? You know, the reality is he kept it out. So, you know, uh, you know they at the post or whatever, but we had chances as well. They didn't at the target. But within Son, uh, Mora, sorry, the Son, Chelsea. Lucas, hang on, Son, Lucas and Deli all in the first half. I'm just talking about first half. Yeah. All in the first half had really good opportunities to open a scoring, to, to, to get Spurs a goal. So, you know, I think it's a little bit unfair just to say that we, we hoofed it long and, and so on and so forth. I mean, you know, J- Jace was uh, was one of our own, but was, was quite vocal about that. Uh, but, but what I'm saying is that there's... The, tactical situations that's what I like about Jose if he's coming apart the bus like he did against Liverpool when we were playing at home against Burnley then there's a problem but guess what happened when we played Burnley at home we smashed them 5-0 but and how many shots did we have on target against Burnley how many do you think Double fit you said earlier. We should be it doing was te- seven, wasn't it? It was seven. Exactly. Get in there. Yeah, that's, that's a good memory. memory that was. <laughs> Thank but you. Th- again, the, that's the point I'm making. We're still not creating Rick huge that amounts way. of chances. <laughs> so, so you know, we're, that, that's where where, where Jace has come from. We're still not creating huge amounts of chances, which which could uh, uh, effectively, in the end, be an issue. But the, the issue is that we end up bypassing that midfield mm-hmm. because we, because of the going long and tactically, we need to set up differently for different games. Adrian just mentioned on the phone. I I think that's that's something before Arsenal did this for years and years and years. They'd set their stool out and do exactly the same thing every single week, and in the end, that almost become a bit of a downfall for them. And under Potticino, it he got lambasted for not changing things around and so on and so forth. Marino comes in and uh, is horses for courses, changes the tactics accordingly, and then ultimately, I think that can only benefit us. I think when when, the, when he's got a fully fit squad and we've got them players, Rick, you put a tweet out. The other day, um, yesterday, sorry, all of the young players that we've got in the squad now, you know, the Portuguese guys, the English guys, the you know, the Spanish guys, the Argentinian guys, the youngsters that we've got in, all, all under the age of 23. It was incredible. It was, it, there's a lot to be excited about. You sprinkle some experience on the world-class, like Kane, some brilliance from, I can't even say Deli Alli because he was in the youngsters because yeah, he's yeah, still under 23. Still 23, the amount, yeah. of, the amount of stick that people give these these younger youngsters. We've got six or seven years of absolute brilliance from from these guys. We've got to give them a chance to uh, to gel together. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the first hour is absolutely flown by. It's a packed show and wow. you are playing a part of it. Make sure you switch over to Love Sport London now because guess what? There's still 30 minutes to come from the Spurs boys and there is still so much more to come on what we have to say. Love sports. You are listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins, joined in the studio with Ricky Sachs and Lee McQueen. So much was said in that first hour. And guess what? There is still so much more to say. And you can have your say tonight. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 70 Well, we've got the man in the studio. 
why not go to him uh, direct because he is the transfer guru, guru the Twitter on, king of the transfers is Ricky Sacks. Good it Lord. is the month he lives for. He puts out more tweets in this month than he does the rest of the year, apart from when it's the summer transfer window. Ricky, one man has signed already. Uh, I what think is going on in this place? Gonna, so what is going on in this place? Listen, Lee's already told you lot. It's the crazy trade. Oh, we no, do what God. we want. We pull in where we want. Uh, Rick, one yeah. man has signed. Could we see any more on the horizon? Well, I still think Spurs are looking for that second striker. And I think it's a really interesting debate this because with Harry Kane, for me, the over-reliance on him has caused the injury to Kane more than anything. We've seen him in recent years, especially, and I'm sure Lee will have his thoughts on this as well, mm. that because of the fact that we've only been really reliant on Kane, th- this is why Spurs are in a situation now where we've, even as maybe supporters, some of us, we've deluded ourselves thinking we can't find another striker that can be a backup to Harry Kane, but we can. Arsenal, right, and you where Arsenal are for me now in terms of where our league position is, they're not too far from us. They've got Aubameyang, Lacazette, and they've got Pepe, they play as a forward as well. Spurs should not be in a position where we are desperately crying out for a second striker. I know Troy Parrott is, on the, is still part of the senior squad at the moment. I think Mourinho wants to have you know an actual number two that he can turn to, like where Kane is out injured, and say, look, can I put my faith in you? Can you score goals? And Spurs have to, I think, definitely this window, finally address the number two. Listen, we've tried Saldado, we've tried Jansen, it hasn't worked, but it doesn't mean you just stop and you give up. We have to find a solution for the second striker at Tottenham. And even back in the day when you remember what we used to have, we used to have Keane, Berbatov, Defoe, Ben. We used to have four. And now we've just gone to just Harry Kane. So Spurs, we have to find a way for me of addressing the second striker during this window. That season, actually, you just mentioned there, I think it was we were the only uh, team in the league that had three strikers that scored over 20 goals during that season each. Great point. It was amazing. I mean, we scored so many goals that season. We did, I think, 60 60 goals. 60, 70 goals. Yeah, it was in Europe as well. Obviously, I had Benty in there as well. So I think he weighed in about 17 or something. You know what I mean? It was was fantastic for for that side of things. Do you agree, though, Lee? We have to find a way of taking the reliance off Kane because you worry about him long term that we can't keep putting faith in the guy every season I can't believe you've put that photo up Lee I don't know what my expression is you put that photo up it looks like I'm I'm fuming that I'm doing this show it's unbelievable you was was a mid-flow I was was mid-speaking when uh, it's not even Halloween and I've got a mask on we'll get your good side later I don't think there is one mate we'll be searching forever I was on I was on Kieran's show in a week alright it's unbelievable we were talking about strikers or whatever and you know the reality is situation I thought out I said, look, what about Danny Ings? Like last week, I throw back. The thing is, right, and and you know, we we made this point last week, it, it, and and actually, Jason made this point, and he made it really well. We are there's no excuses left, right? It is over to you. Daniel Levy and we uh, we never say anything bad about the board. Um, I'm very pro the board in in that way. I think we've done some really good stuff. But right, come on, we need a striker. Okay, it is the hardest position to fill. I get that. It's probably the most expensive to, uh, position to fill. I get that as it's well. It's the most difficult and window most to do it. And it's the most difficult Spot. window to do it and all that sort of stuff. However, this will be an, a massive opportunity to go out and make a, I don't know, make a statement, but just get somebody in that is going to do a really good, not a backup striker, a Danny Ings. Let's put it out there. Danny Ings is on fire at the moment. I'm sorry, Southampton. Ten in ten. absolutely hate, hate me for this. but And he won't come anyway, so you've got, you've got no problem with that. But regardless of whether he come or not, here's the facts. He's on fire. 10 in 10. 14 goals in the Premier League. He's, he's, a, he's a, a, a lovely footballer. But, uh, plays right up top. He's English. He counts as a 
homegrown, I think. I'd have to check, but I think he, counts, he would count as a homegrown. He's had Premier League experience um, for you know throughout his career. He's had Champions League, uh, a dose of Champions League experience with Liverpool. Um, so he's not going to be phasing that way. He's desperate to get into the England setup and England squad. If he come to Tottenham with the amount of chances that we could create with the Sons and the Lucas and the Deli Alleys and so on and so forth, and the way that Jose um, uh, sets up, he, he would probably guarantee himself an England berth for that uh, for that Euro uh, 2020 squad. Kane's not going to come back, I don't think, this season. And, and actually, even if he did come back right towards the end, would he be fit enough to do so? You know, are we risking him for longer term? So take the rest, Kane. You've got the injury. Take the rest. Recover properly. Buy somebody like Danny. And then turn around to Danny and say, look, you're not going to be Kane's backup. You are... The num- you are my frontline striker now. You got the shirt. It's up to you to keep it and take that challenge. People that keep saying to me, "Oh, we, you know, we 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 can't get a backup striker, or no one's going to come." Why wouldn't they come? Back yourself. I'll come. I'll take that shirt and I'll keep it. And then when Ken comes back next season brilliant competition for him he's never had competition in that I mean it's a fantastic opportunity like Jay said like we said last week to go out and get somebody I'm not saying that I'm not saying that I'm right with getting Danny Ings but I mean you could go much much worse than getting Danny Ings Premier League proven goal scorer brilliant he's still how old is he Rick 27 28 years old yep. he's yep. got five years left him at the top and he's proper prime. front line and mm. he's, he's perfect mm. just quickly on that obviously uh, rumours swirling around today that obviously Harry Kane won't even be fit not just to come back this season won't be fit for the Euros mm. uh, won't be back till next season obviously Spurs we heard this April return date what is the latest what, what, what do you know about this Rick because it'd be no. a big blow <laughs> if we're losing him for the whole season can I be honest with you Chaz you know me I'm Spurs Please. first and foremost <laughs> I, know, I, know you, I know you probably hate this stuff that I I'm so very much Spurs, pro Spurs. And I said, for me, I wouldn't care if England don't win another thing in the world. No, I'm not saying it meant, from an England perspective, yeah, but just uh, that Kane I, could I, be lost for the whole well, rest of the season. I hope Carry, if he, if listen, if he's not fit to return for the end of Spurs' season, I hope he doesn't play the Euro selfishly. I hope he doesn't play. Mm. I hope he comes out as a full pre-season with Tottenham and can return in the summer. Because for me at the moment... Harry, the, the over-reliance in that I said has caused this. You know, Pochettino played him, played him, played him, played him. Mourinho's had to play him, play him, play him because he doesn't trust Troy Parrott yet. He's a young kid. And Mourinho's coming into a game where he needs results. Look at that top four. Look how many points we are off it. Spurs are not in a position where we can just simply rest players for the sake of keeping them, you know, healthy he, and fresh. And we I have to play him. You mentioned Troy Parrott. You mentioned we waxed Liverpool at Tanganga. You know, Troy Parrott, he's, he's, he's pulling up trees in, in, in the lower divisions. He's a fantastic player. Prospect Wayne Mooney when he first came to the scene was 16 years old against uh, against Arsenal when he pinged that into the top right hand corner. You know, uh, you know, if you're good enough, you're old enough. So age got nothing to do with it. You know, look at look at the Troy Parrot situation. What? Why not? Why not have a go with Troy? If, if that's if that's what we're doing, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's something has to be done. We're, we're looking at strikers all over the place and I know most of them are I mean, you're better at this transfer stuff than nah, me nah you're goodly you know, look, the reality is there's only, I put a stupid tweet out the, the other week it's silly season and I, and I said that we've agreed a deal to sign Rondon I just totally made it up and it's not about you know because most of these people just make <laughs> nah, it up nah you've got a source uh, for that haven't you no, yeah the source was I made it up that's what it's called <laughs> at I made it up right so go and check him out he's had loads he's had loads of people talk but he's got a better success than I have yeah. but, but when, when you look at a Solomon Rondon and the way that he, he, uh, Mourinho wants to play he's actually probably not a bad shout but the point being is that we can fold these names everywhere. What is the structure of the club now? What is the strategy of the club now? It's all short-termism. As we talked about last week, it's the same thing. Oh, let's get Partigan. Oh, let's get Rondon in. Oh, let's get... you know. We need something to come in and challenge Kane when he's back. Not just for, not just for key, five minutes. And mm-hmm. actually, if we want somebody for five minutes... 
and people are criticising loans, well, a loan is a perfect situation then, isn't it? You know, people are talking about, oh, it's a no-brainer to get um, Loriento back. But, oh, we shouldn't have got rid of him. Well, that's hindsight again, isn't it? Of course mm. we should have got rid of him. He's not right for Spurs moving forward. But could he do a job now? Well, yeah, of course he could do a job. But do we want somebody to do a job or do we want somebody to get us into the top four? Well, let's talk about that top four then because I, uh, I want to, obviously, Ricky Sanna, you know, at the start of the show, you mentioned maybe top four is getting away that top four race. But Spurs are still up there, you know. I know it's crazy. Teams around them are dropping points as well. No one's really, you know, out there and that top four aren't just yet cemented. It is January. But what are you making in this top four race, Ricky? Well, listen, I'm going to let Lee do the stats. He's worked bloody hard oh, well, in terms of doing the stats. But <laughs> what I will say is in terms of the top four for me, there's not many more games. This is a typical thing that you've got to say. There's not many more games we're going to fall to lose. I, I, I look at it now for me. I, I don't have that gap now between us and Chelsea. Nine points. Do I see Spurs still being able to win three games and Chelsea dropping three? Possibly. But, you know, Spurs need to go on a run between now and the end of the season. What I've always said and consistent throughout these shows is that with this Spurs squad at the moment for me... I don't know if they're good enough to be able to actually sustain a 10-15 game unbeaten run with wins in that. I just worry about this squad in general. That's not down to Jose Mourinho. That's me taking him out of the equation, looking at the squad in general. Even with the business that we do in January, I'm not too sure for me that we're going to have enough in our tank to be able to catch up Chelsea. Which obviously upsets me. I want us to. Well, I think that's why I'm talking about kind of the the short short termism plan, and and ultimately there's almost two plans here, isn't it? It's just kind of we, we know Daniel Levy what he said publicly, getting the top four and win a trophy. That's what Jose's here for. That's ultimately what he what he wanted. But he said top four first and hopefully win a trophy. I think is how we how we put it. So let's talk about the top four. I've done I've done quite a lot of research, um, and I backed this up. I actually said to Rick in the week. I said typically seventy two points gets you in the top four. Yeah. It's a bit of a faraway comment, but kind of roughly. But then. I had to back that up. So I went back and I've done all of the research to actually look at it and you couldn't make it up. It is exactly 72 points. So basically, typically, since the... So you need to stick with that blue book. For for sure, the blue book's (laughs) happening, Mike. So when when you look at... Since the Premier League went to a 38-game season, 72 points on average gets you in the top four. Anomalies being one year it was 60 points and another year, another season, it was 79 points. But the reality is it averages out to 72. So if that's what we're looking at going after, um, we need to have last season's first half of the season now... And we need to uh, put to bed the the first half seasons that we've had because it's really strange, Chaz, actually, because second half of the season was 16 games that we had from now until the end of the season last year. Mm. We got something like 1.34 points per game. And actually, what we've had this year is about 1.42 points per game so far across the 22. In order for us to get 72 points, we need to get a staggering two point. Um, six two points per game, that is staggering. So 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 actually, what well, we're actually, what we're actually, got win every game. What exactly. we're actually saying yeah. here, we, we've got to go into every game and virtually win every uh, every single game. And 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 the and and the key thing here to make that a little bit uh, alleviate some of that pressure is to make sure that we're beating the teams that are actually in that same race. Now, the, the great thing about that is we've still got to play Wolves, we've still got to play Chelsea, and we've still got to play Man City. And I say great thing about that, and we're playing them uh, before before March, actually, or during that, uh, these next couple of months. The reason why I say it's great is because that still gives us that destiny. We've still got to play Leicester as well. So but they're not so getting the po- in the top four. No, no, they might not. But the point, the point <laughs> We is- have got an easier, though, you're right. We have got an easier second no, half of the it's, season. It's not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying it's an easier second half of the season. What I'm saying is we've got an opportunity to make these 
six pointers. So if you if you go into a game against Leicester and you beat, beat them, the teams around they, you, they don't get three points, and we do. That's obvious. Mm. But the point mm. being is, if we hadn't got, we've got to play Wolves, we've got to play United, we've got to play Chelsea, and we've got to play Leicester. So we can make that shortfall up from the teams in front of us, but also the teams in and around us to put some some space in there. But but to give you some context, right? We had forty eight points after twenty two games last season. We had forty eight points, which to put in the context is more than what City's got now and more than what Leicester have got now who are absolutely flying by the way and that equates to um, 2.46 points per game so we've got to better the first half of last season now from now until the end of the season to get them 72 points so that's going to be really tough there's no there's no doubt about it but back on your point when I say it's going to be an easier second half of the season it is for Tottenham because of the nature of who they've already faced away we have got a kinder fixture list for the second half. I'm not saying it's gonna be it's gonna be easier in terms of how we play, mm. but back to your point, Lee, I don't see us getting anywhere near those stats. I don't I'm being very honest with you. I think now for Tottenham it's about trying to finish as strong as we can in the league and it'll go for the FA Cup. Well, Lee just mentioned it there. We need 2.6 from each game. It starts with Watford on the weekend. It's another early kickoff. We're going to be talking to Derek Payne, ex Watford player, for his perspective on the contest on the weekend. Love sports. You're listening to the Spurs Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. Joining the studio with last word on Spurs, Ricky Sachs and Lee McQueen just talking there. Obviously, can they make that top four? Lee obviously mentioning 2.6 needed from each game now, but he's right because we're playing teams, City, Leicester. If they lose to them, you know, they become six-pointer games, obviously beating the teams in and around you. It is Watford on the weekend. Delighted to say Derek Payne, uh, ex-Watford player, joins us now to give us his thoughts on the contest. Obviously, Derek, we really appreciate you joining us and uh, giving us a little bit of your time. Watford experiencing somewhat of a, uh, an upturn in form, a new manager bounce in Nigel Pearson. What are you making of it? Yeah, no, good evening. Um, yeah, no, it's been very good. Obviously, um, he come in at a difficult time, but he's turned things around really quickly. And uh, it's been impressive the way the way he's changed like the whole kind of culture of the, uh, the, the team. Um, so I've been very impressed. Obviously, with the a lot of it's down to like the work ethic. Um, they're working hard off the ball. Um, they're getting into a really good shape. Um, Nigel Pearson obviously used to be a central defender, and they seem to get a nice shape of a back four and then five across the middle, and then the one up front. But they they work really hard at, out of possession, and um, so he's done really well in changing changing things around because before he come. They were struggling to score goals and they were struggling to keep goals out. So I think there's a bit of a mentality change there For sure. in the players' thinking. Derek, it's, it's Leah, mate. Uh, good, good to have you on. Um, it's, uh, we we struggled against you guys when you come to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium um, earlier in the season and it ended up being a 1-1 draw and that was when it was under your previous manager um, and obviously you was rock bottom. Um, I, I've got to be honest with you, we're going to now to, to the Hornets' nest with, with how you, you guys are playing and I saw an interview in, in the week after your win um, uh, at the weekend and Troy Deeney talking about you know the manager's taking it and that's such a cliche, isn't it? But the manager's taking it back to basics and doing all them right things and getting people well organised, and you know, I can't, I can't see. You know, it's a confidence thing. You know, as a as a pro yourself, how how yeah. much does confidence um, make in 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 people's performances? Is it a big thing, or, or am I hyping it up too much? No, no, it's a, it's a, it's a massive thing, um, Liam. Uh, good question, and yeah, Liam, it's, it's um, you could play against a certain player say early in the season and think, yeah, you're a really good footballer. And maybe you'll come back to them in the second half of the season if their results, the team, and, and him individually. And you can 
see that it's not the same player and uh, mm. confidence is a massive thing because and that comes not only with you individually but as a team as well so team, if a team's losing a lot and the confidence drains out of one, two and then three, four, five players all of a sudden it becomes a massive problem I think that's where good head coaches earn their money because they will recognise who they could kind of maybe how to get them back on track or what to say to you to help you get back your confidence individually yeah, but I agree. collectively. I yeah, think for that's sure. what Nigel Pearce has done. He's got the whole group together to help them get out of the, the, the lack of confidence they had. Derek, what else has been working for Nigel Pearson? Because when when the appointment was made, Watford fans, you know, let's, if we're fair, weren't jumping for joy. You know, it wasn't a, a sexy appointment. Everyone always wants that big name and it hasn't worked out for Nigel Pearson at late. But this job is working out. Why is it working and where can they hurt Spurs on the weekend? Well, I think the reason, the one reason I go to, there's obviously a few different reasons, but he's got the experience of being in the position that Watford were in. When he when he comes to the club, he's uh, there's stats going around. I think three teams have got out of the position that Watford were kind of in, mm. um, and he was involved in two of them. One with West Brom, he was assistant manager, and then with Leicester. So he's got the experience of being in that position. So he's kind of ready for what's coming, and he knows how to deal with it and how to get you out of that. But I think that's a real big reason why why he's been able to turn it around. Yeah. Sorry, was the other question? Uh, uh, I was just saying. Um, obviously, the appointment is it's, it's been it's worked for Watford, direct, isn't he? He's yeah. quite a direct manager, oh, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, the, the danger where they yeah. can hurt Spurs. Sorry, yeah. Derek. Well, sorry. Yeah, sorry, Charlie. Um, yeah, Saar on the right wing, Delafay on the left wing, and what he's got mm. them doing is working back. But when we win the ball now, we've got a good threat because they both got pace. Mm. Uh, Saar on the right, Delafay on the left. Troy Deeney's a good link man as well. So the players, though, to watch out for would be Saar. As, as Saar started to hit form now, his confidence is growing. He's only a young man. but So the two wide players are dangerous. and uh, they But they will come off the line as well. So they're not only dangerous staying out wide, sometimes you'll come and run directly down the middle. So I think Tottenham have got to be aware of, of us kind of on the camera attack because we'll soak up your pressure. But then we are a threat. On, on the, on the counter-attack and uh, it's through them too really but Troy Dean is very clever in kind of coming a bit like what Harry Kane does for Tottenham a bit comes short sometimes and let other players run in behind so yeah I would say Saar and um, Delafay are, are the ones that you've got to be wary of Yeah we know Spurs have had problems on those win-backs those full-backs maybe that is a place where Watford can hurt them just quickly Derek what is your score prediction? I think because of the, the weight of Watford's form and Tottenham's form Oh, Derek, well, uh, we, we definitely won't be Sorry. inviting you back on next time. <laughs> Only kidding, Derek. Really appreciate you giving us some Cheers, time Derek. tonight, taking the time out in the evening. Derek Payne, just before we, we turn our attentions to, obviously, what you think of the Watford game and predictions, Lee, you mentioned there, and I know you've done a lot of work and research on it, but what, what can Spurs change then? Because we, we've reached this midway point, this, this halfway point in the season, going forward in the second half of the season, what do they need to change? Is it completely overhaul, structural, young players in and out? What, what for you should change? Oh. 
well, I think I think that they need to probably just approach the Premier League games as as they come. You know, it's a short termism now, so it's every single game as they come. You know, the, the longer term targets are will, will only uh, will be a result of your short term. So, so in other words, beat Watford. That's all they can. That's all they can look at now, isn't it? Is to go into the Watford game and beat Watford. When you hear Derek talking there about you know the confidence in the side, he thinks they're going to win. You know, there's there's some threat on the on on both wings. It starts to worry. It's it's, it's an early kickoff um, as well. So you you start to think, hang on a minute. But but then that's your defensive view. But then you look at the the offensive view that you know, going out and attacking and getting some fast and starting the game well. It only takes one or two quick goals for Spurs to score and all of a sudden Watford are back to the bottom of the league form again. You know, we've seen that. We're hoping, aren't we, Rick, that the new manager bounce finishes on Saturday. Yeah, it's not been an easy game. I mean, Watford, you look at the form at the moment, they're five games unbeaten in the Premier League, having recorded four victories in the process. I mean, we're facing a Watford side that are very, very resilient now under the new coach, Nigel Pearson. And this guy will be already planning a tactical plan That's for why we've got to go and test them though, isn't it, Rick? Yeah, of That's course, why we've got to course. get out there first yeah. and foremost and go and test them. Get them 1-0 down. Uh, start early is so important. Their, uh, in front of their own fans. Yeah. Get them 1-0 down really in the first five, six minutes and say, yeah. right, come on then, Watford, what have you got? And then we can, we can go after them again and again and, and, and go and attack them in the way that w- all of us Spurs fans, I think, want, want us to do that. I think so. And also, you can't get away from the fact our away form, let's be honest about it, we've got the win against Wolves, we've got the win against West Ham. Still hasn't Still been good enough. Woeful, isn't it? So this is a massive game for Tottenham. I think you have to say we have to be looking to pick up all three points if we've got mm. any chance whatsoever of still making the top four. Yeah, and you mentioned, Lee, almost that horses for courses thing and saying, you know, depending on who decide who they play out, in terms of selection, getting that balance of obviously youth and experience and bringing those players in, what, what, is this the ideal game for that? <sighs> I don't know, Chaz, to be honest. I mean, I think that, you know, we're out. We're, I think with Jose, he will go with what he knows. I think Tanganga, I, I mean, I don't know what you guys think. I think Tanganga, yeah. for me, needs to start. Well, I can't imagine uh, him not starting uh, now. He's uh, got uh, a plan, hasn't he? And, and based on what Derek just said, with, you know, the threats that they've got either side of their of their uh, target man, Dini, maybe he plays a three. And maybe he plays the two fast boys, so, so Tan, Tanganga and Sanchez, with a Toby in the middle uh, as a three. So, so it alleviates, it allows our wing-backs, if you like, to go forward without leaving our defence exposed. If he plays a four at the back, then the full-backs won't be able to be uh, going forward as much. Do you get what I mean? Mm. And I think the Sessignon situation, playing him as a left-back, doesn't allow him to go... His natural ability is to go forward, not to hang. And Jose is always... When he's played a back four, he's always pushed Aurea up because he knows that defensively he's not as good and he's had three left at the back. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. With, with, with or without a ball situation, so so for me, I think you're you you know what you're going to get from uh, from the Spurs. They just got to be energised. You know, slap them with that wet fish before the game starts. <laughs> wake them up and get them score. You know, at it from from the first minute. Rick, didn't yeah, they? I agree. I, listen, I think there's so much importance of starting fast. We know what Tottenham side will turn up in that first couple of minutes, won't we? That's even under Jose. We can tell mm. that very quickly. I think early well, that's on, Maurizio always said, didn't he? I it's know did, not to go back yeah, to that, but he, yeah, he had this thing that he knew our game was going yeah. to go in the first five minutes. I said. think you get that vibe as well as a Spurs fan. Athea as well. She said, didn't she, on the pod this week, you know, yeah. she's in the first five minutes. You can tell. You know the sort of, yeah, you know. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, you start really well against Middlesbrough in a week and then in the second half, we just drop off. We, we have to be at it for 90 minutes. There's no, mm. there's no other game that we're focusing on. The, the, the next game I want is against Norwich in midweek, but we've got to focus on Watford. Well, just very quickly from the pair of you, a uh, score prediction, obviously, Watford. We need to win. We have to win. I, I back the team to find a way to win. I'm going to go for 2-1 Tottenham. Not going to be easy. 
I'm going to go absolutely mad. I'm going 4-3 Tottenham. Gosh, wow, honestly, seven I don't, I don't goal know, thriller. I don't know why. I don't Spurs know why. Spurs beating Watford. Well, either way, three, we'll be four. here next week to talk about it all on the Spurs Fan Show every Thursday, 7 to 8.30, right here on Love Sport Radio. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.